Hello, good evening. Uh, I can uh, remember uh, about eight and a half years ago holding uh, baby infant Caroline. She's not baby and infant anymore, but she was, uh, she's, uh, I just can remember holding her and thinking, oh my goodness. And just thinking to myself, I understood so much more God as Father. Holding this child, this um, this tiny little helpless baby who was completely dependent uh, on her parents to uh, care for her, to feed her. I remember bringing her home and thinking, just our, our job, our number one job, just to keep her alive. And um, <laughs> and uh, and it was, you know, of course, an incredible learning process. And I just thought, man, I'm just going to learn so much about God as a father. I was a seminary student. I was sort of a geek back then. But um, it's interesting. I've had that same experience now with my two boys as, as well. But as they've gotten older, I feel like I learn more about what it means to be God's child. Um, so often, I, uh, I when I, as I am parenting and I, I have to... Uh, I, don't always, but I, I try to withhold um, wrath or anger, and I, and I just think, how how must God, how does God love me in my rebellion? How can He be so faithful to me uh, when I turn my back on Him? Now, not all of you are, are parents here tonight, but all of you are children in some form or fashion, and um, and I can remember thinking, uh, putting my parents through uh, the highest of highs and the lowest uh, of lows. Um, and, and that's what parenting uh, brings often. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Traffic, it's, uh, it's a graphic movie. Definitely uh, deserves its, its R rating, but it's, it's worth... Um, it's, a, it's an interesting movie about drug culture, especially in, in San Diego. And Michael Douglas plays a father who's on the low end. He's experiencing the low lows. And he just goes throughout the movie this incredible um, array of emotions where he is so angry uh, with his daughter uh, for the terrible choices she's making, just immersing herself in the drug culture uh, and this this awful, awful lifestyle. She's so angry at her for her decisions. And at the same time, he just weeps with sadness for her at this mess that she has has gotten herself into. And then this this really sort of quiet, uh, grateful relief. At, uh, at finding her when she is uh, after a period of absence uh, from him, and all of that, I just begin this this sort of range of emotion, uh, and the the, um, the the essence of parenting because of Hosea, our chapter in uh, Hosea 11, where we see God uh, really uh, shown to us as a father, and um, it's, it's interesting. C.S. Lewis said one time that, that we don't really want a father in heaven. We want a grandfather in heaven. Um, you know, your father is constantly on you and uh, demanding things of you, but your grandfather takes you out for ice cream at every turn, right? That's when, that's what we want. We want a doting grandfather. Uh, but what he has given to us is uh, a father. I want to read to you a quote from um, scholar Derek Kidner. 
at um, about this chapter in Hosea, Hosea chapter 11. He says, this chapter is one of the boldest in the Old Testament, indeed the whole Bible, in exposing to us the mind and the heart of God in human terms. Here, we are made to see God as Father in terms of accepted cost and anguish. God as a Father rebuffed, torn between agonizing alternatives, may seem, seem too human altogether, but this is the price of bringing home to us the fact that divine love is more, not less, ardent and vulnerable than ours. Just a really incredible way of summing up what we see here in chapter 11. Now, I don't know how much you know about the history of Israel or about Hosea, the prophet, probably lots, but... Um, uh, but if you remember, the, uh, the kingdom of Israel split. Uh, Solomon was unfaithful, and when he died, his son Rehoboam uh, made a very bad decision right off the, right off the bat, and, uh, and, the, and the kingdom split. And there was the northern kingdom, which was ten tribes, and there was Judah and Benjamin in the southern kingdom around uh, Jerusalem. And, and, uh, and so the northern kingdom immediately... Uh, fell into the worship of um, of the foreign gods, and uh, constantly uh, God was sending uh, prophets like Hosea, and He was rem- inviting them, "Please come back to the Lord, come back to the Lord." And if you don't, there will be terrible consequences. Uh, and you can see through the prophets, especially the prophets—well, uh, really all the prophets—but the prophets of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and, and all through. Um, the, the high highs and the low lows of, of being the father of, of Israel. This, um, the, the anger over their very poor decisions and the sadness of a father who's lost, uh, lost his child. This, um, and, and so Hosea is going back and forth. You may have heard the, uh, the first, read the first chapters of Hosea where God actually tells Hosea to go and marry a prostitute uh, so that uh, as, as a picture of God marrying himself to unfaithful uh, Israel. And Hosea goes back and forth through uh, his uh, ministry and through the prophecies that we read in Hosea uh, between the picture of an adulterous spouse, Israel is an adulterous spouse, and as a rebellious child, uh, back and forth. And, um, but here it sort of culminates in, in chapter 11. And, and he says that, um, that when, I was, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, that's with uh, the Exodus and, and with Moses, uh, out of Egypt I called my son. And the more they called, were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering burnt, uh, burning, and burning offerings to idols. And he goes into how uh, what, what the consequences of that rebellion uh, are, are going to be necessarily. But then he, he cries out, and it's just incredibly vulnerable, compassionate. Um, uh, Verse 8, How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? And and, and as a father, I mean, that just makes sense. Like, you're going to have to live in the consequences, but how how can I hand you over to that? My heart recoils within me and my compassion grows warm and tender. How can I give you up? 
And yet, they have been rebellious. They have been adulterous. They have run away. And they have failed in their covenant partnership, their covenant relationship, their marriage uh, to their God. He has been their God, but they have not been His people. How is He going to bring them back? If they come back, will He just tussle their hair and say, you know, come on, buddy, don't do that again. We'll pop on the rump and send them off to play. I, uh, no. Because what we see over and over again, if you, as you read the Old Testament and you know about the people of Israel, as you look over and over again at your own life, you know that just saying, come on, buddy, don't do it again. And you get a little pop. That, that doesn't solve the problem. They've committed incredible acts of unfaithfulness. To bring them back, God is a, an incredible God of love, but He's also a God of justice. How is God going to bring these people back? What is the means by which He is going to reconcile them uh, to Himself? You can just feel the anguish. That's why Kidner says these, these, these terrible, torn between terrible alternatives violating His own personality as a just God and violating His own love by not bringing them back. The only place that I really know to take that uh, is to the parable that Jesus tells of the prodigal son. Where we see the rebellious child who takes what his father has given him. Uh, he, who asks for his inheritance before his father has died, essentially saying to his father, you are dead to me. And his father giving him what he has asked for and running away and spending it um, with a, in a life of loose living. And then when he finally comes to his senses, the son comes back and the father with the same word, uh, compassion. It's, uh, Jesus says he's with compassion. The father ran to him and embraced him. He said, my son was lost and now is found... Uh, and, and he kills the fatted calf, and he puts the, the family uh, ring on his finger. And people say, see, that God embraces the sinner. Uh, but there is no cost. There is no atonement. But the people hearing that parable uh, would have known that, that is not true. See, the younger brother in the parable took his share of his of the family inheritance and went off it means everything else that was left belonged to the elder brother. So now the son returns, and the father receives him again as a son. Who pays the cost? It's the elder brother. You can understand why he's ticked. <laughs> The son being accepted as a son once again means that he is losing his share of the inheritance once again. The burden is not placed on the one who has committed the crime, but on a substitute, on the son. Now in the parable, the son doesn't step to the plate and offer that sacrifice, but it points us to the true elder brother. The one who sacrificed not just his share of the inheritance, but the whole thing. 
his place as God's uh, in God's throne room, his uh, his place as God's son, in all the anger of God against our injustices, and in all his sadness at our rebellion, is wrought upon the Son Jesus Christ as he hangs on our behalf as our true elder brother, uh, as our substitute, so that you and I might be reconciled to God. We are said not just to be adopted children, which we are, but actually co-heirs with Christ. Hosea points us to the problem. How can unrighteous people have a relationship with a righteous God? The solution, of course, is found in Jesus Christ. And whether you learn more uh, what it is to be, um, how to understand God as Father, or what it means uh, to know Him as child, as your life leads you, uh, know this, that everything that you have ever done in rebellion, everything, every wrong choice you've ever made for the right reasons or right choices you made for the wrong reasons, everything that you should have done he has done on your behalf. In every way that you have not loved Him, uh, He has loved you by giving up Himself and rising to new life so that we might be called His children. Thanks be to God. Amen.